0: Good morning, class. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School, and we welcome you wherever you are, whatever's going on. Uh, set aside a block of time right now to, uh, as we say, uh, feed your spirit and cause your faith to grow. Get your Bible, get your uh, something to take notes on, and we've saved you a seat right here in the front. We're going to pray. We're going to release faith and believe for the Lord to give us fresh manna from heaven, exactly what we need for today. No matter what you're dealing with, the, uh, the correct response is faith. You don't have to know all the details. You already know the one <laughs> who's got the answer. He's not trying to find the answer. He already knows the answer. He is the answer. And even though, again and again, we, we may not know where to start, where to begin, You don't begin with panic. You don't begin with despair. You begin by saying, the Lord will help me. He will show me. He'll give me what I need. Well, this is faith. This is faith. This persuasion and this confident expectation. So uh, whatever we need today, we're asking him for it in prayer right now. So release your faith to believe you receive it. Before you even hear it, we're going to start thanking him for it. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for letting us have and do faith school. And ourselves and everybody that's joining us around the world, we ask you for the anointing for this, for um, it's not in me, it's not in any man or woman to give us what we need, but you are in us, and in you is everything we need and desire. And so we ask you for... Direction, we ask you for answers, we ask you for help. And Lord, I just pray that everybody watching right now, that even though they may feel uh, weak and defeated about something, we all together in the class here and abroad, we ask you to quicken them, strengthen them right now with strength by your Spirit in their inner man. Let them know. It is not the end. It's not uh, nearly as bad as the enemy is portraying it to be that you already have a way out. You already have a way of escape and a way of victory. You are that way. And we ask you to reveal it to us, show us the next steps, and, and, and quicken us and enable us to take them. And we will be glad to do so, and we will thank you for it. In fact, we thank you in advance. For victory, we thank you in advance for overcoming. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, great and good Father. Thank you, faithful Father. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Let everybody say it out loud. You can say it after me. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. <laughs> I will come out. I will come out. I'll see total victory. I'll see total victory in these areas. Amen. That means whatever you're you're dealing with today, you you don't have to wait till you see how the great thing about faith, you can go ahead and declare victory (laughs) before the battle even starts. You can can go ahead and declare victory in the middle of the worst looking circumstances because you've already got the outcome written. He always causes us to triumph. Praise God. Say that with me. How about it? He He always always causes us triumph. To try, Say me this time. He always causes me to triumph. Well, always is this time too, right? This time too. And if tomorrow something bigger than we've ever dealt with comes up, we win that one too. Because always, always. And if six months from now something comes up we never imagined we'd deal with, well, we win that one too. Because always is always. Is always. I thought so. Look in Hebrews 10, if you would, in the, um, uh, in the great textbook, the Bible, Hebrews chapter 10. For some weeks now in faith school, we've been studying on what we're calling by faith. A study, actually a verse-by-verse study of Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, seeing how these men and women overcame and received great miracles by faith, and this wasn't written in chapter and verse. So it, uh, the, the idea and the flow begins back here in, in Hebrews 10, 35. He said, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Does it pay to trust God and not quit? It pays greatly, great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. In believing God, trusting God for something, uh, you don't just you know, do it for a few hours and then say, well, I tried it and it didn't work. No, how long do you stand? How long do you believe? Until. Long as it takes. You've got to have uh, perseverance, he said, patience. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Let's say that out loud together. Now the just shall live by faith. Now you find this in more than one place in the New Testament, uh, in the Bible, more than one or two places. This is not just how we're born again. We're not just saved by faith. We're not just born again by faith. We're not just missing hell and going to heaven by faith. We are, but it's not limited to that. Uh, This is one of the great revelations that, that we need to all of us understand as believers. When you get born again, that's not the end. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of a whole new life, a whole new way of living. It's sad that a lot of people have Uh, answered an altar call over the TV or uh, somebody talking to them one-on-one or in church, they went down to the front and they know something amazing happened to them. They know there was a great change in them. And and so they're excited and, and thankful, but then they go right back Monday morning into living like they've always lived, walking by sight, making decisions based on whatever understanding or reasoning or input I can get from sensory uh, uh, things, and yet that's not how the believer is supposed to function. You remember the scripture said, we walk by faith, not by sight. That, that doesn't describe just an event. These are two completely diverse ways of living seven days a week, all the days of the year, you can live and function just by what you see and by what you feel with your senses and your feelings. And of course, if if you just respond and act like you feel, you're going to be unstable. You feel good, you're up. You feel bad, you're down. You'll have to wake up and see how you feel to even see what kind of day you're going to have. <laughs> and we laugh, but millions of people live like this, right? They're, well, how are you doing? Oh, I don't know. Let me see. <laughs> well, no, your, your, your feelings are not to dictate to you how you feel. Uh, Brother Smith Wigglesworth was a, a great a minister of faith many years ago. And one of his sayings, when people ask him about how he felt, he said, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. And that is really good advice. (laughs) Don't ask yourself how you feel. You may not like the answer, so (laughs) just don't don't even go that road. Uh, He said, I tell Smith Wigglesworth. You don't ask your feelings, your emotions, and certainly don't monitor every little thing your body tells you. Oh my, you will just be upset all the time. Well, I feel this and I don't feel this and oh, and ooh, and what is that? If you focus on that, you're going to be distracted. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be defeated. And that is the results of walking by sight. Come on, say it out loud with me. I I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. We walk by faith. I walk by faith, not by sight." Second Corinthians five, seven says, I walk by faith, not by sight. Previously, just a few verses up in that passage, he'd said, we, we don't look at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, or we might say temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Uh, That's the same thing we're talking about. Looking at things that are temporal means they are subject to change and ever-changing. That means you're going to be fluctuating with what you see and what you feel. You're going to be unstable. Unstable. But if you're looking at something that doesn't change... If you're focused on something that doesn't change, something that's permanent, something that uh, is unchanging, is not subject to change. The things that are unseen are not changing. Then you are the you're like the master, the same. Yesterday, today. And forever. Oh, this makes for a good uh, father. This makes for a good husband. It makes for a good wife and a good mother. What do you mean? Somebody you don't have to peek around the door in the morning to see can you talk to them yet or not. Or Are they going to explode or or are they going to do this or that? Somebody that's stable. Somebody that you can count on. How they're going to respond. They're going to respond in faith. They're going to tell you the word. They're going to stand with you. They're going to respond in love. We have been made in the image and likeness of the Master Himself. And the scripture said, if you say you abide in Him, you ought to walk even as He walked. Is it possible to walk like the Master, to be stable like Him, the same yesterday, today, and forever? You cannot be that way if you walk by your feelings. If you monitor every little ache and pain and every little fluctuation in your emotions and the way you feel, Uh, that's, that'll be an unhappy life an unsatisfying life. And you won't have nearly as many friends. Do you know what I mean by that? Because nobody likes every time they see you, you know, around you, you rain on their parade. If they're having a good day, you're all sobbing and crying and complaining. And, and they never know if you're up, down, in, out. Uh, you won't have as many friends. But if you are stable and every time something comes up and people are falling apart and you don't, Hallelujah, you're you're like the rock who's in you, and you're built on the rock because you're a doer of the Word. Oh, man. People will learn after a while who to call. <laughs> they learn who to call. And it ain't Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> They're going to call you. Somebody was telling me the other day, they said, you know, these folks, I hadn't seen them in all these years. And, and they basically told me at one time they didn't like me. And then something, a problem came up and, and they called me and wanted me to pray. I said, yeah, they know who to call. Yeah. You know, you need to be like that, right? People need to know they may say they think they don't like you because you won't agree with their wrong stuff or agree with things that are contrary to the word. But the first thing it hits, they'll know who to call. And that's all right. You'll love them anyway, right? You'll love them anyway and help them out. And the more faith you have in you, it, is, uh, it affects others. It's contagious, if you will. I know when I first started in the ministry, I worked in Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, and we had people call in on the phone line, and my job was to counsel with them or pray with them. And uh, I grew up in a relatively sheltered environment. Looking back now, you, I mean, you don't know when you're a child. You've got not much to compare it to, but we had mom and dad that loved us and stayed together, and... And we, they actually moved us out of a, a higher crime area into a rural area. And we had country that we could run through. And jo- I actually played Tarzan when I was a little boy. I mean, I, I thought I was Tarzan. I, I had the yell down and everything. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm saying we had a great, a pretty good childhood. Uh, you can always find fault with something. But I, I, getting a little older, traveling the world some, we had a good one and um I'm thankful for that, uh, but uh, as I got into the ministry, I'd be on the phone with people, or people would be in my office, and they're telling me these problems that they have and and i'm thinking what what you you did what they did what I mean we didn't do that where I grew up and <laughs> and i'm, and, I'm thinking, and they're breaking into tears and they're sobbing and um and they thinking, but it's all messed up. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's messed up. I never heard of such. And so I would reach and get a Kleenex for them, and I'd get one for me too. And I'm thinking, oh, this, this is terrible. But I realize that's not helping them, right? I, I can't respond in kind. I can't agree with them about the impossibility of their situation. That's right. That's right. Did you hear that? You know, they're telling me, oh, this is awful. I don't know what we're going to do. And if I say, you're right, it's terrible. I don't know what you're going to do either. <laughs> Who does, right? That, there's no ministry in that. Right. Uh, but if I don't have faith in me, confidence in God in me, believing all things are possible to him or her that believes, then I can't communicate that to them. Such as you have, that's what you can give and minister. You can't minister something to somebody that's not in you. And you can talk about it, but you can't minister it. And so um, uh, I I learned eventually, uh, thank the Lord it didn't take me too long, but I can't just reach for a Kleenex and, and join them in crying and feeling sorry and thinking it's impossible. I'd have to Come to the place where I'm, I'm hearing them, but I'm not focusing on what they're saying. I'm focusing on what the Lord's saying to me about what's going on with them. Because most of the time, folks don't know the answer or they wouldn't be there talking to you. And you so you're probably not going to find the answer listening to them. <laughs> right. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, you're listening to them, but at the same time, I'm checking my heart. I'm looking to the Lord. Lord, what did you say about this? What are you saying about this? And so then, you know, uh, when they finish or before they finish, uh, I'd begin to say, well, yeah, but you know, nothing's too hard for the Lord and begin to talk about it. And sometimes that makes people mad. They're like, well, you don't understand how serious this is. You know, and well, you don't understand how big God is, right? He can do something about this. Uh, And and a lot of times people like to cling to... uh, you know, their situation, how bad it is, and and they've they've been immersed in it for so long until it just looks utterly impossible. But if you're going to help them, you've got to bring some light. You've got to bring some hope. Can you see that? You can't just, I'm going to say it again, you can't just agree with the impossibility of their situation. Uh, I actually had somebody that I've known for some time. I was talking to old a couple of months ago about something, and oh man, they were upset, and they were upset, and they were, they were pushing me about it. And I, and I basically said, because I've known them a long time, I said, I'm not going to join you in unbelief, because <laughs> they're pushing me. Why aren't you getting upset? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? Because I, 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 I've been working on myself for decades, <laughs> right? Training myself not to respond in fear not to yield to hopelessness, no matter what's going on, can we stand our ground and look up to God and say, this is not too big for God. There's a way out of this, right? This is, this is not too big for God. All things are possible with God and all things are possible to him or her that believes. And we are believers. Is that right? So it's possible For us to come right out of this, right? Just like the uh, three Hebrew children that were thrown in the fiery furnace, I mean, that was pretty rough, but (laughs) they came out, not even a singed hair, not a burned spot on their garment, not even the smell of smoke. Woo! Now, it would have been, you know, more comfortable for them if the Lord had delivered them from the fiery furnace. (laughs) But it doesn't make nearly as good of a Sunday school story. (laughs) Right? I mean, you tell the little kids. You say, you know, the three Hebrew children and 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 Nebuchadnezzar says, you don't bow. I'm going to throw you in. And they said, please, God, make him not throw us in. And God moved on him. And Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, that's okay. Forget it. I won't throw you in and end the story. The little kids will look at you like, Okay. Can we have some more Kool-Aid and and maybe some animal crackers? It's not very impressive. It doesn't stand out like the real thing does. He didn't deliver them just from the fiery furnace. He delivered them out of the middle. Come Right out of the middle of the fiery furnace. And this is a much more impressive thing to us. And so if you find yourself you know, at the front of the fiery furnace or anywhere around. Maybe you think, I'm in the thing now. It's not too late. It sure looked like it was too late for them, but it wasn't too late. And the amazing thing about it is that's the kind of thing that really gives God glory. When you don't fold, you don't panic, you don't agree that it's impossible, you stand your ground, you trust God, and when the dust clears, you're standing there With the answer, praise God, this glorifies God. It glorifies God. In that passage, it mentions that, that Hebrews 10. He said, the just shall live by faith, verse 38, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And that's what it's talking about. Drawing back means regressing. You know, it means sitting down, laying down, giving up, quitting, pulling back, drawing back, laying back. We don't go back. We're to go forward. We're to stand up. We're to reach out. Uh, The scripture says, fight the good fight of faith. In fact, turn over there and look at it with me, please. First Timothy six, because that's what we're talking about today. First Timothy six. And twelve, you'll hear people say sometimes, and you've got to watch about phrases that you heard Christians say, or even heard a preacher say, or you read on a church sign. <laughs> you've got to watch about these, because they can, they can sound good, catchy, and yet be totally wrong. Here's one you got to watch out about. Just let go and let God. You ever heard that one? Yeah. What? what and, and sometimes people really, they really beat on it like, what you got to do is just let go and let God. Sounds so good to religious ears, but read this phrase right here, First Timothy six twelve. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith, let go. (laughs) No, did I read that wrong? What? (laughs) Huh? Let go? What you need to do is just let go. What does it say? Well, let go, lay hold is about the same. (laughs) Pretty close. What do you think? Well, then is there anything wrong with that phrase? Just, just let go, let go. Yeah, because God didn't tell you just let go. Now, if you're talking about worrying and fretting, then yeah, you need to cast all your cares over on him. But if you're implying it's all up to God, you, you, you just need to quit. You just need to quit and be still and just leave it all up to God. That's a big mistake. It's a trick of the enemy because the Lord didn't tell you to do that. And you can't leave up to him what he left up to you. And many are trying to do this. Well, God is just all up to you. It is not all up to God. He says different. He said, if you just lay back, draw back, let go, leave it all up to him, The scripture we just got through reading says, He won't be pleased with you. Didn't it say that? He won't be pleased with you. In fact, He told you the opposite. It's our job, the scripture said in Ephesians don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's one reason we we got a Bible. One, One of the big reasons the Lord gave us the great teacher, the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility to search these pages. And to pray and seek God and find out what God's will is for our life. Find out what he has already given us. Find out what Jesus has bought and paid for and by his great grace freely given us. But once you've found that out, now the next part is he expects us to rise up and lay hold. Oh, somebody say lay hold. Lay hold. hold. That's a big difference from letting go, right? Laying hold. What's what's laying hold? Laying hold is latching on, right? Latching on. You'll see in Hebrews 11, the phrase embracing, embracing, like throwing your arms around it and clasping it to yourself. What? We should throw our arms around, and, and every believer already has, throw your arms around Jesus, and receive him and, and, and receive the cleansing and washing of his blood, receive and hold on to the forgiveness of sin. And what do you mean? Anything tries to tell you you're not forgiven, you hold on to it and you say, I am too, right? You lay hold. Anything tries to tell you you're not right with God. You say, I said yes, I am, right? You're not going to let anybody take this away from you. Well, the same thing applies to healing. Same thing applies to getting your bills paid. Same thing applies to the wisdom you need in life. Every situation, the just shall live by faith. And living by faith is a series of laying holds. You laid hold of the new birth, you laid hold of forgiveness, you laid hold of righteousness. We we'll don't stop there. Go on, lay hold of the Holy Spirit. And get filled, right? Lay, lay hold of prosperity and abundance. Lay hold of some healing. Lay hold of some wisdom. Lay hold of what you need every day. But you can't be passive and do that. You can't just sit back and say, well, it's all up to God. It's, it's all in his hands. You can't put in his hands what he put in your hands. And he said, lay hold. Read it again. What does it say? Fight the good fight of faith and do what? Lay. lay hold. Lay hold on eternal life. Praise God. Say it out loud, I'm, I'm, a, faith I'm a faith person. I don't lay back. I, lay back. I rise up, I rise up. And, I and I lay hold. Praise God. Praise God. Well, that's it for uh, faith class today. Uh, let's say our confession like we often do at the end. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time in Faith School.